Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, this is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters. Coming at you with a variety of financial topics and questions and ideas and ways to invest and things to think about doing. And we're going to talk today about everybody's favorite investment in the whole world. You got it. It's not Bitcoin. It's your house. And specifically, what we're going to talk about is whether or not paying off your mortgage or investing the money, what's the better opportunity? So I've asked Tammy Simon, CFP, Director of Financial Advice here at New Day Solutions. Many of you have heard Tammy in the past. She's been a guest on the show before. Come to kind of bet this around with me and let's talk a little bit about should you pay off your mortgage and how should you or should you invest the money instead? Can you make more money in the stock market? And, you know, what's kind of like what are the guiding principles that you should use to help make that decision? So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kate. So, I think there's a lot of ways to slice this onion, but what's your gut reaction? Pay off the mortgage or invest the money? You know, I uh, there's no one size fits all on this answer. As you can probably imagine, that's pretty much the answer on every financial question I ever get. But really, the bottom line is is knowing what the uh, what you want to do by paying off the mortgage? Where are you in your life uh, where you're looking to pay off the mortgage? Are you approaching retirement? Uh, Do you have some years left until retirement? Are you in retirement? Uh, Do you have other goals that you're looking to save for? And all of those things wrapped up along with interest rates and what the stock market is doing will dictate whether you should pay off your mortgage or not. But the, the reality is, is nobody you know, nobody wants to go into retirement with a large mortgage. I don't think that ever that ever really makes a lot of sense. But if you are in on the brinks of retirement, that's actually that's when I usually get this question is when people are on the brinks of retirement and they might have you know, a hundred thousand dollars left on their mortgage and they say, you know, I'd really t- like to take some money out of my investments and pay off my mortgage. And that way I can sleep at night. And I always say, you know what, there's what numerically makes sense and what's going to help you sleep at night. And sometimes there's a compromise there. So, you know, if we were just looking at it numerically, we would say, well, your mortgage rate is at, let's say, four, four and a half percent. You might be able to, to deduct some of that on your taxes, bringing down the real interest rate that you're paying to about three and a half percent, depending on what tax bracket you're in. And then that three and a half percent that you're paying out doesn't make sense to now give that hundred thousand dollars, take that hundred thousand dollars from your investments that might be earning six and a half percent 
to pay on something that's only costing you three and a half percent? And normally the answer to that is no. But again, nobody wants to go into retirement with a mortgage hanging over their heads. Yeah. I mean, I think there are so many factors, right? There's so many factors to consider. You know, I'll say from all the years that I've been doing this, the number one rule that I kind of have for people coming into retirement is retirees who retire without any financial liabilities are happier in retirement because it's an easier thing to figure out. No doubt. They're just more, they, they worry less and they're happier because it's simple. And so sometimes like you can get all convoluted and you're going to structure to do this and that and the other thing. And I've had people where we pay the mortgage out of their investment account and that works or a car out of their investment account. But what I'll say to you is the people that seem the least distracted are the ones that have no debt at all. And I get it. You get to retirement. Not everybody gets to retirement without without a mortgage anymore. In fact, for a while there, the trend was people were retiring even with some pretty big mortgages. Although I think that the, I don't know if you see this, Tammy, but I start to see that trend going the other way where people are starting to look at their liabilities and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, stock market sold off 40% once in the last decade. If that ever happened to me, I'd be really sorry I didn't put that money on my mortgage. That's right. That's right. That, you know, that just because it averages 6% or 7% over time doesn't mean it's going to be smooth. And if you're taking redemptions to make mortgage payments, it means that you can't wait for that money to recover. So you're redeeming at a lower price while you're in a decline to raise the money you need to pay the mortgage payment, which can really, really kill yeah. the overtime portfolio return of the, if the mortgage payment is any kind of a, of a size. But let's go back and say they're not retiring this year. And they owe, you know, some money that they could pay off. But they also aren't yeah. making extra mortgage payments. I always say maybe we should, you know, use some of that extra cash flow that you have now before you retire to sure. put yourself in a position where you could pay it off, right? I mean, I don't think people even think about that now. Yeah, I think I think if you have if you have five years left or if you have ten years left to retirement, there's definitely ways that you can structure yourself so that you're you, when you walk into retirement you don't have that large debt. So even if you owe you know $200,000 left on your mortgage if you're not retiring for another 10 years, well let's get on that and let's see if if it makes sense for us to you know start paying an extra mortgage a year or you know they, there's always programs that mortgage companies have you got to make sure that there's no costs around it but there's always programs where you can pay bi-weekly on a mortgage so that over the lifetime, you might be um, knocking down a 30-year mortgage by seven years. Right. That's pretty much the average of paying an extra payment off every year. And so that that actually does help. I mean, in, and I, although I don't know if I would take a lump sum of money out of investments to do something like that, but to pay an extra payment every year, absolutely. And if you can do it from cash flow, why not? Yeah. And I think people get tied into this idea that, you know, the mortgage is kind of like, it's huge and it's forever. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what I throw at it, it's not going to matter because it's too big and I'm going to have it for so many years. But, you know, right away, if you start paying that extra, whatever it is, you figure out what that extra mortgage payment is, you could hack 10 years off the life of your loan just by deciding to pay a little bit more each month. That's really not a lot more. You know, so just the idea right. of aligning, you know, this is what I would say, align your mortgage payoff with your retirement date. This is, you know, to put this in perspective, really what I do is I figure out how many years somebody is away from retirement. And I say, well, that's, you've got 15 years until your planned retirement. 
You've got 22 years to pay on your mortgage. What would we need to pay if we wanted to pay it off in 15 years? And then you start paying that amount instead, right? So that maybe right. you don't save that extra $150 a month with me. Maybe you put it on your mortgage. And so that your mortgage aligns with retirement and you retire and you have no liabilities. But that doesn't always work, right. right? Because you've got people with goals later on, like you and I were talking about this over lunch. By the way, guys, we actually do get to eat like every single day. And one of the things we talked about <laughs> is, you know, if you're paying off your mortgage with the idea that you can borrow against it to send your kids to college later on, Tammy, tell them why that might not work. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about this at lunch and I was saying, you know, a lot of times what we, what I see is people want to pay off their mortgage before their child gets to, to college, which I think is a wonderful idea. If your thought process is, you know, um, you know, you'll save on the cash flow and you might be able to, you know, through your cash flow at that point, you might be able to replace a mortgage with, uh, a, with college. And I think that that idea is, is good, not to say that you should, you should do that instead of save, but that, that I, that is a noble idea to be able to do that. However, to KT's point of view, when I said that, she said, well, God, I, I wouldn't, you know, to, you know, pay off my equity on my home to pick up another equity line later on first college. Yeah. You don't know what the interest rates are going to be at that point. So, you know, right now interest rates are slowly climbing. They're not at the bottom anymore. And yeah, I would argue that interest rates will never be. No, (laughs) definitely not at the top. Right. No, I I think that they have a lot of room to to they do actually have a lot of room to grow and and they're going to grow as uh, interest rates rise and I I think that if you have a mortgage right now this is the lowest mortgage that you're going to have if you've gotten it over the last what ten years fifteen years KT if you've gotten yeah, that mortgage last ten years last anyway 10 years, rates have been I mean, my mortgage yeah. rate is under three percent it's ridiculous I never thought never you know the average. They used to teach in the CFP, I'm sure you remember this, the average mortgage rate was like 7%, and that was considered to be a pretty good rate. Right. And that's like almost twice what the 30-year fixed rate is now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget it being a kid and my father saying, oh, 12% mortgage rate. You'll never see it as low as that. Well, yeah. Yeah, Dad. We actually did. Yeah, we did, Dad. Okay. (laughs) But I could pretty much guarantee, right, that it probably won't reach to what it what was yours? Two point eight seven five. Smoking cheese. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not gonna see it that low again. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe, maybe someday, but probably not during my working lifetime, I'll tell you. Because it's really <laughs> unusual. And we've had this period where they were so yeah. low that there's a whole generation of adults that have never known it to be expensive. And so I think that they fall into this idea where they think. I can always go back and borrow this money later and it won't cost me that much, but that's actually not, that's not true anymore. Right. I mean, and and so if you're planning on paying for college through loans later on in life, you don't, that's a scary scenario. I would pick another plan for that. Find some other way to maybe save some money. Maybe that's somebody who shouldn't be paying more towards their mortgage. They should maybe be saving it if they know they're going to use it for school. Saving it towards college. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you're making enough money that you can afford to do both. And if you are, then congratulations for you. You can pay your mortgage off and pay for college out of cash flow, which to Tammy's point is a great strategy for people who can afford to do it because um, liabilities aren't on the financial aid form. So, you know, it's actually not a bad deal to have a small mortgage on your house as long as it's not, you know, 
you know, it depends upon whether or not it's a private school or not, and they're filling out their own forms. But on the FAFSA form, equity in your home isn't an asset for college. That's right. So it's kind of a nice idea. Yeah, I guess the bottom line is, is whether whether you're uh, you're planning for a college or whether you're planning for retirement, the, the bottom line is, is having no liabilities, having no mortgages, the, the financial freedom to that is worth a thousand world, words. And so um, when we talk with when we talk with clients, we that's that's the conversations we have. It might not numerically make sense to pay down a mortgage at this point rather than save when you look at interest rates versus what you're getting in a rate of return. But on the flip side of it, to KT's point, you know, you don't have to worry if you do pay down your mortgage, you don't have to worry about your money in the an investment that you're you're losing if the market does go down another, you know, twenty twenty percent. And so there's some financial freedom there that uh, the lower the liabilities you have, the more free you are to do other things, such as pay for college or take that trip that year during your retirement. And so, you know, the other piece is, I think we, we, kind, of, we kind of cruised over it, is this strategy is really only for people like paying off your mortgage early, as an example, is, you know, you want to look at what other things you're paying interest for. And whether or not you're paying more interest somewhere else or whether or not that interest is a tax preference item. So as an example, somebody's got a car loan and they say, well, maybe I should, maybe I should structure my mortgage so that it's a, you know, I pay that extra mortgage payment every year and I save X. And then I've got this car loan that I'm paying 4.99% on and I can't write it off at all, but I'm not paying extra on that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We pay all the stuff we can't write off at higher interest rates first because that's actually costing us more money to carry that money. So even though it feels incredibly virtuous to pay extra money on your mortgage every month, like you're doing this thing and you're knocking it out of the park, if you're paying interest charges to creditors that are either, you know, it's a high interest rate or just not tax deductible. So it could be like a 4% car loan and you might have a 4% mortgage. If you had a 4% car loan and a 4% mortgage, you'd put the extra money on the car loan because you can write off the interest on the mortgage and you can't write off the interest on the car loan. But if the car loan was 2.99, then I'd probably put the extra money on the mortgage. That's right. It's a good point. Yeah, a lot of people get get excited about paying off a, a loan that's a, a lower interest rate. So, and that, that goes hand in hand with just about anything. You know, people with uh, credit card debt, and let's say a car loan, they only have $3,000 on the car loan and $10,000 on the credit card debt. And they, you know, the, the, the rule of thumb is always pay the highest interest rate off first, no matter what the balance is. So no matter how good it feels to get rid of that loan, you pay the highest interest rate first. And I think that's like a really important point. So, you know, this conversation is about, you know, paying off your mortgage, but it's really about everything that you think about when you're managing your liabilities, that the difference between people who have lots of financial peace of mind and people who do not almost always has to do with how they're managing the, the money side, the cash flow side of their lives. So whether it's, you know, whether or not they have more debt than they can afford, whether or not they pay a lot of money in interest charges that they're never going to get that money back. Those are the things that keep people up at night. I mean, investments can keep you up at night too. I've lost a lot of good night's sleep over the last quarter of a century here and there, depending <laughs> upon what's going on. But what I'll say is most of the time, people aren't losing sleep over their investments. But people lose sleep over the balance of their credit cards and where all the money's going to come from this month all the time. 
And so the best way to have like a better continuity of life in my mind is to manage the expense side of your life in a way that means that we don't pay people more interest than they deserve or that, that we would have to pay anyone else. We always pay off the most expensive thing first. We try not to borrow money at ridiculous prices, but if we do, we try to get rid of it right away. We give up other things in order to make that happen. And if we don't have anybody else that we have to put money on, we put extra money on our mortgage with the idea of at least having it paid off by the time we retire. But if your money, especially if it's in a tax deferred account, like an IRA or 401k, the idea of taking a taxable withdrawal out of your 401k for $100,000 so that you can pay $80,000, $20,000 to the government and $80,000 to your mortgage, that's not really a good financial planning idea because that money is taxable and that mortgage payment is small and it's really expensive to get there. So if you haven't paid it off by the time you retire, you sort of need to idea come to the idea that you might not pay it off. You might just pay it. If you want to pay it off early, you actually have to plan for that. That's right. Yeah, there is, you brought up a lot of different variables there that, that take a lot of consideration when you're, when you're thinking about it. But just to take a lump sum of money from anywhere to pay off a mortgage really needs some pondering and, and some calculations and, and, a, and a gut check, really, to see what, make, what helps you sleep at night. You know, I'm going to say this other thing just because, you know, you and I are talking, but I don't know how many, how many times that you've had somebody say to you, well, maybe I'll just borrow money and I'll put it in my investment account. I'll just borrow off the equity in my house and I'll add it to my investment account. And, and what do you always say? <laughs> and if the market goes down? Yeah, it's insane. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. Yeah, don't do that. You know, I always say like, it's like, wow, I haven't heard that strategy in a long time. You know why? Because the market hasn't been this good this year, but I don't mind telling you, I heard it two or three times last year. Rates are still really low. I could take it out and add to my investment account. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Do you remember what happened in 2008 and 2009? Oh, that's what I said to them. I said, do you remember that whole down 45% thing? That was really, really ugly. Would you be okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the thing about hot markets is hot markets make people forget that bad markets also exist. The hotter it gets, the colder it can become. You know, it's a, it's a pendulum. It's not like I'm expecting a big market sell-off or anything. I'm not here to talk about the doomsday of the next market cycle. But I am here to say there will be a next market cycle. I don't know when it's going to be, and neither do you, and neither does the person you're paying for financial advice. So just be smart about it, you know? Think about your liabilities and your cash flow as your stability factor of your life and your investments maybe where you can afford to take a little bit more risk because these other things are in check. All good points. So you made a point earlier about the idea of taking the mortgage payment out of the investment account every month. And um, if people wanted to do that, if they were coming into retirement and they had a mortgage and so they were going to give up the job with the income, um, how would you recommend that people do that? Should they think about just doing like a straight payment to the mortgage company from their investment account or a little bit more money monthly in the distribution so that they had the money to pay the mortgage payment? Do you have a school of thought about that? That strategy really came about when clients wanted to know, hey, listen, I'm retiring next year. I have about $30,000 or $100,000 uh, left on my on my balance on my my mortgage. My mortgage is at three and a half percent, and last, you know, last year that we were making uh, making good money in the in the investment account. Should I take it out of my investment account? And I said, you know, it hurts to take thirty thousand dollars out of a uh, out of an investment account that's making a decent rate of return to pay off a three and a half percent. 
how about this? How about if we send you $1,000 out of your investment account, we can have it direct deposited into your bank and you continue to pay the, the, the mortgage from there. That way you don't feel it from your cash flow. And then that way, the rest of that $30,000 that you would have pulled can stay in your investment account and continue to make money. That's a good compromise. In my eyes, they have to, they'll continue to pay the mortgage. It'll be paid off in whatever, five years. And they're comfortable in knowing that it doesn't have to come from their cash flow. And they're still being able to make some money in the, in the stock market. So in, in situations like that, I think that there is a good compromise to be had. So would you say this strategy works best for people that own at least 50% of their portfolio in equities? Or do you think this could, I always think about this as somebody's got to be making enough money in the investment account to have it make sense. Would you say that that, would you cut it at like, 50% stocks, people that are 50% stocks, 50% bonds and cash, they could probably drive enough to pay the pay the mortgage payment and not lose ground over time. But And then more stocks obviously provides more upside, but more volatility. But, but somebody who's like all in bonds or in fixed income products, probably not a good strategy for them because they're probably not going to make it up. Yeah, the the rate of return on on a bond portfolio um, isn't going to to uh, sustain something like that. So, if you have a, a mix of fifty percent stocks, fifty percent bonds in your in your portfolio, your rate of return is um, well above what you're paying in your uh, foreign interest on your mortgage. So, um, it's all a matter of of uh, that justification. What's my rate of return? what's my interest rate and is my rate of return greater than what the interest rate is after I deduct it from my taxes. So remember that 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 interest rate for your mortgage if it's a 3.5% interest rate and let's say you're at a you know a 24% tax bracket you're probably only paying about 3% uh, on that mortgage after tax. So you have to weigh that out to the, the the rate of return that you're getting in your in your portfolio, and your financial advisor can help you out with that, understanding what you're getting as a rate of return and what the mortgage rate is costing you, and are you making some money if you if you uh, ran this strategy? If all of your money is in CDs or in the bank, obviously that's a different story, and the cost is more than what you're making, and so then you might decide to just pay it off. Food for thought for those of us getting ready to retire. I always think, you know, retire debt-free, that's my favorite strategy, but I could go with pay my mortgage mm-hmm. out of my investment account if it made sense. If people wanted to reach out and ask more financial questions or maybe had questions about mortgages or how to manage their investments to pay their mortgages, how might they get in touch with you? They can call our, our office. Our phone number is 603-758-1101. Again, my name is Tammy Simons. They can always check us out online. Our website is www.newdaysolutions.com. So a spoiler alert for those of you that are out there listening in my Money Matters community. I just realized that home equity lines of credit are now at 5%. I throw this out there because I know people like to pay attention and I think those numbers can kind of creep up on them suddenly. But as the Fed has moved on rates and raising rates, Uh, As of this broadcast, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage is at 4.6% on average, and the home equity line of credit is now at 5%. And of course, based on the tax law change that happened last year, the interest on that home equity may no longer be tax deductible. Important to stay on top of those facts and make sure that you're planning your finances, including your liabilities, 
to make the most of your money for yourself. Until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.